When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon, July 4th, an 11.05 a.m. start between the Marlins and the Nationals. Coming into the ballgame, the Marlins had won 11 of the first 12 in this season series against the Nationals this season. A win yesterday behind Braxton Garrett would have propelled the Marlins to 12 wins in 13 tries against their divisional rivals in the National League East, the Nationals this season. Braxton Garrett went opposite of Patrick Corbin. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, the Marlins are streaking in the right direction as they head home after a 5-2 and two road trip. They win four straight here in Washington. They take the final five games on the trip, one in St. Louis, then four against the Nats. They improve to 12-1 and one on the season against these Nationals with a 10-inning 3-2 victory on the 4th of July. An exciting day of baseball all the way around. Marlins pull it out in the end, and they will head now to the airport for a happy flight home. Braxton Garrett started against Patrick Corbin today, and both starting pitchers were terrific in this game. Braxton Garrett turned in what you could argue was the best start of his major league career, and in the third inning with no score, the Marlins gave him the lead. Luke Williams got the inning started with a bunt base hit. Billy Hamilton then dropped down a sacrifice bunt, the Marlins' first sack bunt of the season. It came in their 79th game on the 4th of July, leaving only the Braves and the Giants without a single-sack bunt this year. So Hamilton got Williams down to second base with one out in the third inning. Williams then stole third, so he was 90 feet away with one out. Miguel Rojas lined to third base for the second out, but Jesus Aguilar came up big for Miami in the third. Oh, one to Aggie is a line drive to left. In for a hit, a big two-out single for Jesus Aguilar. Williams in from third, and it's one nothing Miami. So Braxton Garrett had the lead, and he got the first out in the bottom of the third inning. He struck out Trace Barrera. Then he went after the number nine hitter, Victor Robles. Pitch to Robles is in the air, shallow right, racing out Aguilar. In comes De La Cruz, and neither one can get it. Now trying for second, Robles. The throw, and he is dead to rights at second base. Boy, that just shows what kind of arm strength De La Cruz has. He picks this ball up. Well, that hit by Robles, which would be erased on the strong throw from right field by De La Cruz, would be the last hit and would mark the last base runner against Braxton Garrett until the eighth inning. It was a one nothing game for a long time because Corbin got on a roll and Garrett got on a roll after Robles was thrown out trying to stretch out single into a double. Lane Thomas str- uh, grounded a short inning, the third inning, and then Garrett, a 1-2-3-4th, a 1-2-3-5th, set down the side in order in the 6th, did it again in the 7th, and through 7, had retired 13 straight, 16 of the last 17 men he had faced. But because Corbin was cruising along, it was just a one nothing Miami lead. Corbin went 7 innings, allowed the 1 run on 8 hits, walked 1, struck out 4 through 97 pitches, 67 strikes. Garrett, who had gone 7 innings once in his big league career before today, against the Padres last July in Miami. 
made it through the seventh and started the eighth today. And when Michael Franco grounded to short to begin the eighth inning, he joined Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez as one of only three pitchers to get an out in the eighth inning as a starter for the Marlins this season. And when Franco grounded out, it was 14 straight, 17 of 18 retired by Garrett. But he would then walk Ere Adrianza. It was the first free pass Garrett allowed in the ballgame. Adrianza stole second. So he was in scoring position with one out in the eighth when Braxton Garrett faced lefty hitting shortstop Luis Garcia. 2-1 pitch to Luis Garcia as a line drive down the right field line. De La Cruz won't get it. It's in for a hit. Adrianza around third coming toward the plate. And the Nationals have tied the game at one in the eighth. They finally break through against Braxton Garrett. On Garrett's 83rd pitch, it would be his final pitch of the day. Garcia, the RBI single, first hit by a National since the Robles single in the third inning, and it was a 1-1 game. Zach Pop came on after that RBI hit to take over for Garrett, and he allowed a single to pinch hitter Cabert Ruiz. That put runners at first and second with one out in a tie game. When pinch hitter Juan Soto walked, the bases were loaded for the Nationals. Tied at one, only one out, eighth inning. Base is full back to the top of the order. Pop facing Lane Thomas. Pitch to Thomas is popped foul behind the plate. Fortes finds it late, gets back there, and he made the basket catch. He didn't see it initially, and he recovered just in a nick of time and two steps shy of the backstop, made the basket catch. Oh, what a play by Fortes. The ball goes up as he... So that was the second out. The bases were still loaded. And then Pop had to face the best the Nationals have had at the plate here in 2022, their first baseman, Josh Bell. Pop's 3-1, and that's in the air. Shallow center. Rojas out, got turned around, can't see the baseball. Here's the left fielder, and Hamilton saves the day to get the Marlins out of the inning. Well, you want to talk about flying by the seat of your pants in that inning. How many bullets did the Marlins just dodge? A bunch of bullets on a 3-1, gets the fastball. So the Nationals leave them loaded, but they tied the game in the eighth. We went to the ninth, 1-1. Kyle Finnegan on the mound for the Nationals, pitched a scoreless top of the ninth inning. Marlins in the bottom of the ninth brought Jimmy Yacobonis on. Braxton Garrett had gone the first seven and a third, four hits and a run. Walked one, struck out four, 83 pitches, 57 strikes in the best start of his major league career. Pop got out of the eighth, then Yacobonis for the ninth. A lot of leadoff hit to Nelson Cruz. But he got Yadiel Hernandez hit into a 3-6-1 double play. And when Michael Franco hit a fly ball to center, we were headed to extra innings for the second straight day here in our nation's capital. Top of the 10th, Tanner Rainey, who blew the save in yesterday's game on to pitch for the Nationals. Miguel Rojas was the place runner at second base with Jesus Aguilar at the plate leading the inning off. A wild pitch got Rojas to third, so the Marlins seemed to be in business in a 1-1 game, man at third, nobody out, 10th inning. But Rainey able to reach back and blow fastballs past Jesus Aguilar for strike three and then Brian Anderson for strike three. So after a man at third with nobody out in a tie game, he had a man at third with two outs in a tie game and Rainey facing Brian De La Cruz. 1-0 is hit well. Deep left field, Adrianza turns, watches, it hits the foul pole. A two-run homer for Brian De La Cruz, 3-1 Marlins in the 10th. There he goes, he's looking for the... And then Dylan Floro came on to try to lock it down in the bottom of the inning. 
Michael Franco was a place runner at second base for the Nats. Eddie Adrian's led off with a single. So right out of the shoot, the Nats had first and third. Nobody out in the 10th inning. They had the tying man at first. They had the winning man at the plate when Floro faced Luis Garcia. Wendell at second base. Pitch on the way. And there's a ground ball. Joey Wendell backhands to Rojas. One back to first. Two. It's a double play. The run scores. It's 3-2. But the Marlins are an out away from victory. Wow, what a play by Joey Wendell. So with two outs and nobody on, it was up to Cabert Ruiz, and he singled the center, keeping this game going. So all of a sudden, the tying man was at first base, and he had the winning man at the plate, two outs last of the 10th, Dylan Floro going after pinch hitter Cesar Hernandez. A great start from Braxton Garrett today. Marlins trying to win it in 10. The 1-1, Hernandez, ground ball, Miguel Rojas. He has it. Throws the first, and the Marlins have swept the four-game series in Washington. Hernandez retired 6-3 to end it for the Marlins, their first four-game series sweep on the road since August of 2020 in Baltimore. They are now 12-1 against the Nationals this season, and from Miami, a 5-2 road trip. The final in 10, the Marlins 3 and the Nationals 2. For the Marlins this afternoon, three runs, ten hits, no errors, ten men left on base. For the Nationals, two runs, eight hits, no errors. They left five in this one. Jimmy Acabonis, the winning pitcher, one and one over Tanner Rainey, one and three. Dylan Floro, his second save. Time of the ball game, two hours, 53 minutes as the Marlins win their fifth in a row, completing this four-game series sweep of the Nationals. Nats have lost five straight now. Miami with the victory is 38-40. and 40. The Marlins are within two games of 500 for the first time since they were 17-19 and 19 on May 17th. They improved to 19-24 and 24 on the road this season. As for the Nationals, they fall to 29-53. and 53. They are 24 games under 500 for the first time this year. This is a new low watermark for them. 24 under 29-53. and 53. They fall to 14 and 31 at home. Only the A's and the Reds have worse overall records than the Nationals. Only the A's worse at home than the Nats have been so far this year. And Miami has really had its way with the Nationals through 13 games. Now the Marlins 12-1 and against the Nats. 7-0 and here in Washington. They have outscored the Nationals 69-32 to this season. For the Marlins, they're First four-game series sweep on the road since April four or August 4th, 5th, and 6th, 2020. They won four straight against the Orioles in Baltimore. You may recall that was very early in that abbreviated 2020 COVID season. The Marlins had won two out of three in Philadelphia to begin this season. Then they had to shut down for a week because of coronavirus issues on the ball club. They resumed play in Baltimore, winning a single game, sweeping a doubleheader, and then taking the series finale. That was August 4th, 5th, and 6th, 2020. Their last four-game series sweep on the road against the Orioles. Before that, you got to go back to 2016 at Dodger Stadium, April 25th through the 28th, when the Marlins won four straight from L.A. on Don Mattingly's first trip back to Los Angeles as the manager of the Marlins. He had previously managed the Dodgers, and that was a great series sweep for the Marlins, although it was marred the night of the final game. Post-game, we got the news that D. Gordon had been suspended for violation of MLB's PED policy. So uh, that was the second to last 
road four-game series sweep by the Marlins in L.A. back in 2016. They get it done here against the Nationals as the Marlins win today 3-2 in 10 innings. The Marlins and Auto Nation again working together to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout this season, $25 be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pick Initiative to support cancer research. Today, four strikeouts, $100 for this season, 682 Ks, $17,050 from the Marlins to Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. A one-run win for the Marlins, their fifth consecutive victory in a game decided by a single run after starting 8-17 and 17 in one-run games. They're now 13-17 and 17 in one-run games. Now tied with Toronto for the most one-run games played. And while they lead the majors in one-run losses, they're also climbing in one-run wins with these five in a row. 13-17 and 17 overall in one-run games. Marlins improved to three and three in extra innings, dropping the Nationals to one and five when having to work overtime. Marlins in ten beat the Nationals three to two. Let's hear from Don Mattingly afterwards. Donnie, they do it again. Uh, just some late game magic. How much fun has it been to to really see you guys step up and come through, especially in these these late innings? No, it's been it's been great. Uh, love to do it earlier and, and give us a little more breathing room, but. Uh, you know, we're going to take wins any way you can get it to be able to sweep a team as hard no matter who it is or what's going on with them. But to get four games is tough. So it's good that our guys kept showing up, kept, kept um, you know, pushing. Talk about setting the tone for the game. Braxton Garrett, maybe the best start that we've seen from him on this level. What impressed you most about just the way that he was really able to navigate his way through that lineup? Just used his whole mix today. Not quite as many sliders, used his change up more, used the fastball more. Uh, I'm sure they looked at the St. Louis film and seen he threw basically half, over half sliders, right? And he uh, he used his whole mix today, got quick outs, um, got himself deep into the game, which was, was good for us in our bullpen. Back to the late home run magic. It was three three times, both with three different guys doing it, seeing different guys stepping up and showing that whoever it is, you have a chance. Yeah, well, the first two are over, right? So today's yeah. the, the day. And, um, you know, and really you need a hit there somehow. And Dela gets us, you know, obviously a big one and gets us two. Um, you know, Mickey gets a good dirt ball read, gets over to third uh, early in that in that sequence of that inning, and we weren't able to do anything but with two outs. You know, Dela obviously picked us up. How much confidence do you have in him, and how much do you think he has in himself? After the first pitch, he came up and in at 100. You could see him nodding his head yes and shaking his head yes in the box, almost anticipating or, you know, ready for that next one that was coming up. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm confident in Dale. He's a, he's a good player and uh, has been off and on this year, but he's very valuable to us. He plays all over the outfield, gives you good at bats. Um, yeah, I think guys are used to the the velo, so I think one ball up and in is not really going to do anything to anybody. Johnny, after the eighth, I saw Zach Pop come over and give <clears throat> Nick Fortes a hug. I'm guessing it was for catching that pitch that could have easily gotten away, and the runner on third base scores, makes it a different ball game. Just uh, how significant maybe that play by Fortes to hang on to the ball now? Yeah, I'm not, not sure that's what the hug was about. I think maybe a sign of relief for, for Zach. He got a little out of sorts, it looked like, out mm-hmm. there with Soto, got him, and he got in trouble with Bell. Um, was able to come back and, and get that out. But obviously, Nick, I couldn't tell if that was a cross-up or, or what happened. Um, but obviously, uh, that could have changed the game. You guys have won 12 of 13 against these guys this season. What, what, what's gone into that? Is there anything behind that? Well, we've had a little bit of luck. We seem to have getting the outs we need to and, and getting some big hits uh, when we need to. We, we 
essentially it seems like we've scored with these guys. You know, we've been inconsistent offensively uh, throughout the year, but with these guys, it seems like we've been able to score, and that's always a you know a key. And if, if we get decent pitching, then we know we're in game. So, and we we've kind of had a lot of these games that could have went either way. Uh, we've just been able to get out get out on the right side of them. Back to Braxton for a minute. What's it like in the dugout watching that when he's retiring 14 in a row? He looked real comfortable out there. He did, and um, and you know that it's like one of those games. It's an 11 o'clock game. Both teams got lineups in there. They're not playing all their dudes. Um, but, again, he was making pitches all day, and you just worry about that they get to that inning. His pitch count was in great shape. But you get the inning knowing that he's a young kid. He starts thinking about got a one-run lead, you know, everything that goes into it. Uh, you just want him to keep making pitches, so it was good to good to see. Uh, the bullpen overall, again, without the three or three main guys you can use in the high leverage, to see Jacobonis coming for the ninth, keep it, keep it in shape, and then Floro, again, he was in the closer spot last year, but to see him back in back-to-back days and be able to shut it out. Yeah, I think, you know, we went into the game today knowing that, you know, who we didn't have available and – the guys we had left, we knew Flo was kind of our guy in the ninth. Um, however, we got there or in, in a safe situation, so we knew he had hand, he could handle that. Um, but you know, obviously Zach, you know, we talked about Zach, you know, walking Soto right away, but he ends up getting big outs, getting us out of that inning tied, uh, and then Yak gets the the double play ball that he gets over to first and makes a nice play on and, and gives us a chance to score. Donnie, it wasn't long ago you guys were, what, 8 to 10 under 500. You're fighting for your lives every night to win to keep your head above water. It's easy to say when you're winning, but if you sense the different sense of energy and maybe 26 guys understanding what they're capable of here when you start rattling off these wins? Pretty dramatic, Kyle. But You uh, think so? Yeah, really dramatic. <laughs> Good question, though. Uh, it was great. You put a lot of thought into that. Um, <laughs> You know, I think when you win, you just get that feeling, right? You want to you want to be a part of that. And, and I think that's what we're seeing a little bit now. We get the big win in St. Louis to end that with Sandy kind of carrying us. Uh, and then we're able to come here and, and put these games together. So you start to feel good about it. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know where it goes. Obviously, we gotta, we're back at it tomorrow. Uh, we got to be ready to play tomorrow with the Angels and, and try to get another one. We got Sandy again. So, you, you know, you got a pretty good chance. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after their 3-2 10-inning win over the Nationals yesterday. Before we hear from Brian De La Cruz, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back with the on Marlins Rewind. Let's hear from Brian De La Cruz, who belted the go-ahead two-run homer in the 10th inning off of Tanner Rainey yesterday afternoon. Okay, Glenn, thank you. Uh, Brian, that's a massive win for this team. Let me first ask you, did you know it was gone when you hit it? Yeah, that's what I say. I'm nervous. I'm gonna stay in the home play, and when I stay in the home play, I say, "Hey, go, go, go!" And the ball is gone. After the first pitch, he came up and in on you. You were nodding your head, yes. What were you looking for in that at bat? I just looking for the fastball because he's yesterday he threw me 100. Then now he's a strikeout yesterday, but today. 
I, I got it today. I got it. How about the start by Braxton Garrett, and how important was this win to wrap up a four-game sweep for you guys? That was important. That was important for my team because, you know, I like competing for for another team like Met, Atlanta, and Philly. We we want to win it. That's it. Well, let's keep it going. Sandy Alcantara's on the mound tomorrow, Brian. Wonderful English, by the way. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you work, you work, you work. All right, go ahead. That was Brian De La Cruz after the Marlins 3-2 win over the Nationals. Miami now 38-40. They will host the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for two beginning tonight at Lone Depot Park when Sandy Alcantara goes opposite of the former New York Met Noah Syndergaard. It's a 6:40 first pitch. We'll hit the air at 6:10 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.